Well, good morning, everybody. Andrew's been pestering me for four months now, I think, to 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 bring a word, and I've been avoiding him. Um, and I've really been avoiding him because I've got nothing to say. Is is what was going through my mind. I, um, in fact, the reading that's in your um, sheet actually came from my cousin who was a Baptist preacher and he was staying at our place and I said, look, I've got to put something in the in the newsletter. Um, what would you preach on? What would be your go-to message? Seeing he walked away from God about 10 years ago and straight out of his head, Philippians 12. And I says, why would you pick that? And he says, well, I love Paul. Paul's my favourite character. And I said, why do you love him? And he said, well, he preached the gospel gospel no matter where he went whether he was in chains whether he was working in his, as a tent maker no matter what he was doing he was advancing the gospel he was bringing people to Jesus and I said oh that's fascinating Jeff so why did you walk away from Christ he said, I haven't got time for that at the moment <laughs> but I know he has a deep love for the Lord and continues to walk in his own way and maybe, uh, I took him to church when I used to be down in Wanaka, and he gave up, the last time he came with me was when there was an evangelist there, and who was preaching to him, and Jeff went to sleep. He says, this guy's got nothing, he's so boring. Don't ever invite me to church again, like. Um, but he, he, he will come again one day. Um, in my notes, for everyone to see, is start with prayer, ask for God's help. Heavenly Father, let us pray. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this group of people. I thank you for Welcome Bay. I thank you for Taronga, New Zealand. And Lord, there's lots happening in the world, but I believe you have your hand upon it. Lord, I just pray that you open my mind, use my mouth to say your words, not my words, and open the hearts of those who are here or those who will hear the message if somebody passes it on. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. On the way here this morning, I went to Thai Park just for a bit of inspiration. Uh, yesterday, I was at Waihi Beach, and I walked the beach, and I had went for a swim, and I had the whole sermon mapped out in my mind. Easy peasy. Frankie came and stayed last night. She's two decided sleep wasn't important to her last night and that she would uh, entertain Popper and Gogo. So that was great. Um, so this morning I didn't get much sleep, so I went to Thai Park for a bit of inspiration. I've always been a thinker of revival. Um, and probably the last 12 months has been hard for me because I haven't actually been focusing on what that revival has been to me. And part of this morning is about a revival for me. And if you resonate with that, that's good. If you don't, then park it. Or if you want to share it, that's fine as well. But this is more about me. And uh, as Andrew and Craig will know, time and time again, God pre or gets us to actually, the word that we bring is about us. It's not so much about the congregation, but there is something in it for everyone. So I was at Thai Park and I remember one time being there, and I think uh, it was Shane and... I'm not sure whether it was Shane and Cora were baptised. 
and there was a whole, there was probably about 50 or 60 people from Welcome Bay uh, Community Church there. Uh, Tony and Haley um, were there and, and playing guitars and singing. It was a great celebration. And I've had this vision of a thousand people walking into the water there. And I think that's doable. But revival is about us changing. It starts with us. It starts with prayer. It starts with us confessing our sins. And I've been living lies all my life. I still drink. I think I've got it under control, but I still drink. I think things that I shouldn't think. I see people and watch people that I shouldn't see and watch. I still tell the odd fib. I take the pen and stationery from work. And I've got shampoos from most motels that I've stayed in. So I'm a sinner. True and trusted sinner. There's a... um, Do read about Paul, because that that is amazing. Um, Because he was in his chains, and our chains are our sins that hold us back. Although we're not in prison, we are in our own prison of whatever it is. Whether it's depression, whether it's alcoholism, whether it's pornography, whatever it is, we have our own chains and cross to bear. But the gospel was advanced by telling the stories of overcoming such things. It was about stories of healing. Jesus came, and I think it's about 28, Matthew 28, correct me if I'm wrong, he tells all authority was on him, and he has given that authority to us. To preach, to advance the gospel, to heal the sick. The number of times that I've prayed over my wife that her shoulder would be healed and it hasn't been healed, And then I second-guess myself, and am I on the right track, God? Why can't I do this? I've gone to church faithfully. I've talked to people. I've done this. I've done that. Why can't I heal Jen's shoulder? I don't have the answer, but I'm sure God will. The thing is that I'm going to be standing in front of our Lord, and he's going to be asking me, Logue, what have you done? I'm not sure whether you're going to call me Logue or Logan Fraser Niederer, the first, or how he's going to address me. I'd like to think it's going to be Logue. Remember that time those people were there and I asked you to feed them and you walked on by? And his son, my saviour Jesus, is going to be standing in the gap with me, debating on my behalf. So much has got to change in my life. The revival's got to start with me. We can change anybody and everybody. The saddest thing at the moment is this COVID thing. It's not the COVID that's the sad thing. That's nothing. It's the number of churches that are closing. It's the number of people that are turning their back on God and focusing on something completely different. Instead of focusing on God. I've got a daughter who's self-quarantining at the moment, um, waiting for a test to come back. I'm sure it's going to be positive. I have no doubt in my mind that it'll be okay. But it still goes through your mind. We've lost friends overseas. We have friends doing all sorts of stuff. But we've got to keep believing and praying that 
If they do pass, they are going to a better place. Surfing, as you know, is, is something I'd like to do. I'm not very good at it. My children are good at it. Um, and I, I keep using the uh, analogy about... Our good help has come. Um, about surfing. And in my Christian faith. I'll show, you try and guess where I am in my Christian faith. So if we look as a surfer, as, as a Christian... We look at the surfboard as the Bible. Okay? Now, there is lots of, there's lots of things when we think about it. We see highway surfers, right? They've got the car. They've got the board. They go to the right place. They hang out with the right people. But there's nothing there. No substance. Nothing. They never get in the water. Never go down the beach. They've got the Bible. They look good. They smell good. They, everything's... <laughs> Honk it along, but they never go from the car park, get the board off the roof, to the beach. Uh, Do you know, have you seen people like that? Uh, <laughs> go over to the mount, there's truckloads. <laughs> then you get the next guy. So he takes his Bible and he goes down the beach and he reads it. In a, in a surfing term, he's waxing his board. He's surveying the sea. He's looking for opportunities. He waxes his board. <laughs> He reads his Bible. He does another study thing. He goes to a different church, finds some more inspiration. Back down there with his board, surveys the sea. So much knowledge, but he's not sharing it with anyone. There's a really nasty shore break at the mount. It's, it's a, many a competition has been destroyed with the dismount at that shore break. That's like a new Christian trying to get out to where the waves are, where the best surf is. They've got to get through that shore break. That's the detractors. That's the people saying, you're a Christian. Don't look like a Christian to me. I've heard about those Christians. They rip people off. We've got to get through the shore break. We get smashed up in that shore break if we don't believe, if we're not bold enough to hold on the promises that God's given us. Then you get that evangelist who's got the Bible, looks good, smells good, through the shore break, over through the waves, and he's right out the back, and he's looking for that huge wave. And he wants to bring so many people to Christ. But he's waiting for that big wave that may or may not come. And he hasn't actually practiced. He doesn't know how to catch it. But he's out there telling everybody about it. Then you get the Andrews and Renas of this world who are out past the shore break, riding every wave, talking to everybody, learning, falling, growing, sharing, being bold, having coffees with people, changing lives, teaching other people to surf, teaching other people to ride those waves. You don't learn to share the gospel unless you're out there sharing the gospel. You can't learn it in a seminar. You can't learn it here. Here's where we come to get rebuilt, pumped up, tyres flash, new skeg for our board, and back out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I've been out in the waves. I'm probably in the shore break at the moment because I'm having doubts in my own mind. I'm too stubborn to go back up on the beach to read my Bible. I'm sitting in that shore break, mentally not growing, not changing. And I'm not going to do that until I actually start confessing with my brothers and start sharing the word. We have a mighty God. He loves each and every one of you. But we're going to be judged on the orphans and the widows and whether we lived in the world and became part of it or we followed his teachings. Does that make sense? You guys are the forefront. And generally when we come to church, we preach to the converted. But I want you to get go to a different level. If you've been beaten up in that shore break, I want you to get out there. Like, it's not far. It's probably, you can still touch the bottom if you're lucky. Right? We don't want to go through the shore break because we don't want to swim. We don't want to be found. Oh, and there might be sharks out there. There's always a few sharks. There's always a few sharks. (laughs) But in the passage that... This passage here talks about those people that preach the word whether from their own benefit or for the benefit of growing the, the gospel of the kingdom. But that doesn't matter. The fact is we're out there doing it. I'd like to think that everybody, when they leave here, they go and ride a wave, have a coffee with somebody, and be real. We don't have to judge anybody. I think too often as Christians we get into the habit of judging them and thinking, oh, you need to be changed, you need to be saved, you're, you're a real whatever you are. But the reality is I've got this huge bit of oak in my eye that's holding me back. I can't talk about alcohol to a guy who's drinking heavily and beating people up. I can talk about my experience with him, but I can't change him. There is a phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But through the Bible and the gospel, we can make them thirsty. And that's what we should be doing. I wanted to change the title of uh, my message from advancing the gospel to uh, something that Roger James Hamilton said. To know and not to do is not to know. To know and not to do is not to know. We know so much about what Jesus has done for people. We know so much what God's done in our own lives. But not to do, not to share it, not to pass it on, is not to know. You all have gifts. I've parked 90% of my gifts because I don't want to be found out that I'm a fraud. Pretty much. I don't want to be singing and hit that bum note and everybody to know that I hit the bum note or that I start singing. Do you like, you know, when you're singing and everybody's singing and you're right into it and you're going and then you start four bars before anybody else? You know, you know that feeling? So then you don't, you don't sing. <laughs> We've got to hit that bar, bum note. But the thing is, we, we start preaching before we've earned the right. We need to know 
We need to earn the right. Seek first to understand before being understood. Having a coffee with somebody, seeing where they are. And then not giving them words of advice, getting in the trench and helping them out of it. We can all give a hand on our terms, but we've got to go out of our comfort zone and actually get in the hole and push out. It's the only way we're going to change lives. But it starts with our own lives. The revival starts within me. If you've got something on your heart that's been gnawing away, if there is a sin there or something that's just holding you back, seek out somebody you trust and share that. Take somebody for a coffee and actually open yourselves up to get rid of the baggage so you can be the person that God designed you to be. I'm still waiting for the clap of thunder and God to point down and say, Logue, you are meant to go in this direction. It's not going to come. I'm waiting for Acts 2, for that warm breeze to come through. Forks of flames to change me, just like that. I read about a guy in prison who's who's can't read, can't write, alcoholic, hit by the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden he can understand the gospel. And he can preach as if he's learnt the Bible off by heart. And I'm thinking, what about me? (laughs) I go to church. But I'm not making myself vulnerable enough for God to use me. So if you get nothing out of this morning other than to become vulnerable so that God can use you, then I've done my job. If you only have to have one coffee with somebody to change their life. I remember hearing about a preacher who was going to give it up because he didn't think anybody listened to him. He went from hall to hall to hall to hall. And... Later on in life, he found out that there was a guy rustling through a bin, heard his message from outside, and went on and grew mega churches. You're all a catalyst for somebody. All a catalyst for somebody. Amen? Amen. All right, let us pray.